ho, ho. It's Christmas. <laughs> Merry hey. Christmas. Merry Christmas. My name's almost Christmas. Your name's almost Christmas. My name is not. Christmas so far. <laughs> Happy Christmas, Mark. Happy Christmas, Chris. Uh, what, no, what are you doing today? Yeah, I mean, nobody has any idea that we recorded this quite some yeah. number of days ago. Did you like the present that I got you? By the way, I can tell you right now the answer is fuck yes. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, big, big yeah. In fact, that'll play a part in your Christmas day, I would imagine. So you're probably cutting a bit with it right now. Hopefully. That's exciting, eh? That's exciting. I wish yeah, it was Christmas. Also, not Wait. not exciting because it is Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It is Christmas. Yeah. It's Christmas Day. We've never released an episode on Christmas Day before, have we? In six years. No, but it actually podcast. makes quite a lot of sense because everyone's stuck at home and it's probably by about 1 pm you're like, fuck's sake, will you just die and give me the hiss? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a common refrain. <laughs> Usually have to drive on Christmas Day, so I never get a chance to get drunk anymore. So, hoping I can rectify this this year now that my brother can drive and he can be the fanny that carts us about. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> what a beautiful sentiment that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Christmas Day episodes. Well, the good thing is it's a karaoke part two episode, and I think it's actually. It's so nice to do a subject that's fun to research because obviously we did quite a lot of heavy subjects this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Chinese one, we did the Russian one, we did a lot of AI stuff. We've touched on a number of political issues and some pretty intense topics. And the karaoke one has been a total breeze to research. It's just been Truly, like one of yeah. those fun educational videos where you're like, oh, cool, I didn't know that. <laughs> they were attacked by dogs. That's a brilliant <laughs> idea for a TV show. Um, Murderers. So- Um, But yeah It's actually really nice to be doing this one So uh, yeah hopefully it's a a Fitting thing for your Christmas Also a fitting thing for your Christmas Is to send a Christmas present To Unsung Podcast You can still buy a hamper An Mm analogue hamper or a digital hamper We will belatedly deliver With the analogue hamper Three records from a record club uh, To a person of your choosing Whether it's you or someone else Uh, And with the digital hamper It'll be five records from a record club Um, You can can see the prices And the postage details Obviously with the digital hamper It is ideal for people living abroad With the analogue hamper if you're living in Australia, it's going to get a little bit pricey, but certainly, you know, mainland Europe and the UK, it's it's not too bad. So have a look at those. The money is going to the labels and the bands, and that's great. And everybody wins because you're funding us as well uh, to buy Paracetamol and... Uh, deadly Nightshade to <laughs> feed your parents in and help the house. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know what? We should get back into it. And... There's something I really want to wedge into the karaoke ah, discussion. That's that unsurprising, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I'm sorry, it starts us off on a little bit of a sour note, perhaps, right? But we need to talk about the state of music today, Mark. The fuck, the nick it. What is it, what has it become? We're doing, right? we're doing that next week as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst other things. No, but I want to talk about pop music versus karaoke. Because there's been a lot of recent criticism of live performers, especially ageing sort of legacy performers, which we've spoken about before, uh, turning up to shows and basically singing along with just backing tracks. So (laughs) an example that Weaver gave way, way back in one of the early episodes we did was when he was at Strathclyde Union and he was involved in the booking and they booked Entrance and Entrance turned up for the show. And I think it was the woman that sings in Entrance alone and she brought a CD literally brought a CD Mm -hmm. and the CD was three tracks and so they played Set You Free first which got everybody going Then I think they played Staying Alive, which is the cover they did. Then they played Set You Free again. Mm-hmm. Then they played a new track, which I'm pretty sure probably bombed. And then they played Set You Free to finish. And that was their five song set. And it was literally this woman, I have no idea how old she was by that point, probably in her well into her 40s, singing along with a CD in the student bar. And wow. 
There's a fair bit of that going about. I mean, Ian Brown in 2022 uh, in Leeds, £40 a ticket, and these videos went viral of him kind of mumbling and shuffling his way around the stage to this, just a backing track. And you know Ian Brown, you know, he's just like... Mm-hmm. It's underwhelming, shall we say. Um, another one was Heather Smalls, them people. Mm. She did a gig in Stockport. Well, actually... I first saw her doing this on stage at a festival and I can't remember what festival it was. It was Reading maybe or Glastonbury, one of the side stages. But uh, a Stockport gig that she did in particular in 2020 caused a lot of complaints because she sang for 30 minutes with just backing tracks and it was a £30 ticket. (laughs) Um, Somebody called Spellman on Twitter at the time commented, if that was the deal, why did you take the money? All fans there as you are in the bill and £30 spent for you to do a karaoke. Huge apologies, don't cut it, Heather. She did apologise, but she was like, that's all I was booked for. But that whole idea of feeling shortchanged by somebody just singing along with a backing track, to me, that sounds fucking shocking. And then you think, folk raved about Kanye's Glastonbury stage set. Mm -hmm. And what was that, if not karaoke? That was, it was lights in karaoke. He had a nice light show, but it was literally just karaoke. There was nobody Mm -hmm. else on stage. There was not even, there was nobody doing decks, nobody sampling, nothing. Karaoke. Yeah, it's just this. I think we spoke about this before when we talked about Glastonbury. Was it maybe at the festival thing we did earlier on this year? Because was it who was in Glastonbury? They sang a, a backing track. Uh, Billy No Mates. Billy No Mates. Hi, that Billy was, No was, Mates. Was that, yeah. And maybe we were both Um, and I said back then, and I think I probably still, I, I still think this to be true. So it really depends on your expectations as, as when you buy that ticket, right? I think there's a lot of younger people that are just wanting to go along and see the person performing live, whatever that means, and they're happy for it to be a show like that. I think if you go to see Ian Byrne and you expect a band and he starts playing with a backing track and you feel shortchanged, I think that's fucking entirely true because he's never done that before. You know, mm-hmm. like I think that's entirely fair. I think that you're well within your rights to do that. And it has, there's a certain generation of people that will go see him, or a certain couple of generations of people that will go see him that f- expect the full experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? With hip hop, it's a little bit more, the lines are more blurred. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're, the person that's doing decks or whatever might not necessarily even be doing all that much live when they're there. Some DJs do. If you go see it on the jewels, they're obviously, he's obviously using part of a backing track, but he does actually play the decks and does contributing vocals and stuff as well. You know what I mean? And there are little, I guess, semi improvised segues and stuff like that. So I think it depends on the genre and it just depends on what the expectation is. And I would say it probably, it probably depends on the generation as well. Mm-hmm. And the Billy Nomates one's interesting because we spoke about that quite a bit during the festival episode and her performance was entertaining. Like she was very animated, mm. but it didn't detract from the fact that it was someone singing to a backing track. And it, I remember at the time Slayford Mods out defending her because they're mm. pals of hers. I thought some of the criticism was excessive, but I did find it overall quite underwhelming, just as a concept. Um, I get the whole thing about profitability and all that kind of stuff, and uh, we're not going to go down that lane again, but uh, would I be pleased if that was... Nah, I I wouldn't be either if I was there to see that. I'm trying to be as objective as I can, and I think we can disregard everything that Slayford Mods ever say now. Mm -hmm. If you've seen their new cover of the Pet Shop Boys' West End Girls... yeah. I think it firmly lands them in the the basket of ignorable henceforth. But I think yeah, but for me it just depends. it depends like if they announced the tour as having like playing without a band, then you'd have the opportunity to know if you want to buy a ticket or not. I think maybe there should be a certain amount of transparency around that. Yeah, if, if that yeah. is your if that's your whole vibe. I agree. I think for hip hop artists, I, I like I seen Sage Francis play with a CD. You know what I mean? And and that's that, but that's very much DIY. That's his vibe, and he still fucking crushes it. And I would happily go pay twenty quid to see that again. And that is what he does, right? It's not, he's not just playing a CD and then walking and like just doing his thing he's, he, he controls it on stage you know what I mean so he can like stop yeah. it and, and do a wee bit if he wanted to or add in a bit of a change 
And, and another, I guess another example might be Jonah Matranga or pal Jonah Matranga. Like when he plays live, he's got all backing tracks. It's having acoustic guitar singing, but he's got loads of backing tracks as well. It's not huge. It's not that far removed. He just has more control over it because he's controlling it on stage. Mm-hmm. It depends. The expectation's got to be set, I think, you know, and I can totally understand why it would be underwhelming for some people, but for some artists, I think it's probably fine. And like I said, I enjoyed Sage when I saw him live. And I understand that for somebody that's a DIY hip hop artist, bringing a DJ over here would be very cost prohibitive if you want to try and do it in a shoestring, you know. So, I I mean, it depends who it is. I wouldn't pay, even if I liked Ian Brown, I don't think I would pay to see that. If I liked Stone Roses, I don't think I'd pay to see that. Yep, totally agree. I mean, karaoke versus, you know, live performance is, I guess it's, I, guess, I mean, I, I, I suppose this has kind of been the norm for a lot of like, musical history, though, mm-hmm. singing along with things, like just that, that being it. I mean, I think Top of the Pops, period. You know I mean, I mean to- absolutely. Like I've actually got that here. Top of the Pops was mainly karaoke for most of its existence, and mm-hmm. it didn't even try to hide it. It was mm-hmm. in the eighties and nineties there were moments. I mean, certainly in the later nineties, they began to make efforts to pretend the bands were playing, which kind of backfired sometimes when the bands fucked them over. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, because for example, the Nir- the famous Nirvana "Smells Like Teen Spirit" cover, where he sings like Morrissey, mm-hmm. and it's obvious that it's a backing track. It's literally a karaoke. With a guy singing live and the other guys are flailing about like madmen. And then there was a period where they, yeah, I think it was because they were kind of shamed into it by programs like. TFI Friday in the White Room who who did have bands playing live Top of the Pops tried to go live that was just not long before it finished actually and it did that for a little bit but it didn't really work out it was kind of complicated I mean the approach was the standard of of TV magazine shows for years yep. probably I mean because of the technical limitations you know because of the studio sizes these are not proper performance spaces um, the time it takes to set up a group the group's probably playing a show or they're busy so they don't want to be there all day sound checking and the potential for mistakes on a live show, all that kind of stuff. You get it. It's not great, but you get it. But as I say, I think there's also, you have to be a wee bit sort of like realistic and say that this whole idea of just singing along with shit has been like a, a long-standing human activity going back for fucking bars into the Middle Ages, you know. I mean, karaoke is basically just an extension of that old instinct to just have a fucking knees up and sing along with something that So I don't want to be too curmudgeonly about it. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of like the pop singers, but it, it does. I mean, as you say, I think the key would be transparency. The, the key would be like people knowing that they weren't going to get some incredibly well rehearsed, inspiring musical performance that they were getting a show, like mm-hmm. a daft bit of entertainment. I think, I think it's probably worth noting as well that um, there's, there's swathes of performers, uh, pop performers in the 80s and 90s who just didn't tour because. T- they didn't have a band to go on tour with. They were all all studio, you know, and yeah. or they maybe did a short run of dates, but it would all be a backing track. And so it is, yeah. And that genre of music, it is, it all has always been fairly good. Um, I think pop artists performing with a band, like Adele doing a whole fucking live show, would be a huge undertaking. And there's a reason why she wouldn't do it very often because her music needs to be rearranged, rewritten almost to accommodate an actual live performance. So yeah, I can see like how over time pop it's become it's become even more like empty and vacuous. But also when it's done live, it has to somehow be m- more real than it's ever been. You know, it's when you go see like if you see like a Kylie Minogue playing Glastonbury, she's doing I uh, I could be so lucky, and it's a full band playing it. It's like that's weird. It's weird. It's just weird. <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> that is because, weird because it's like well, this this was never built. This, this song was never built to be played this way. It was never made with that in mind. Um, I so one thing I want to touch on there as well a wee bit is lip syncing, which is obviously lip sync battle has been quite a thing. It's not quite karaoke, but it's quite popular in TikTok. Yeah. You know, and it seems to be that, again, there's a, another generation of people that are just even not really asked if the singer sings anymore. You know, as long as the song is played at a really high volume in a room with lots of other people, they're going to be fairly happy with that. With the yeah, I think that Dutch show, the playback show, that's what they did. And I think it only later that they added the actual vocal into it. So that was a thing as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Way, way, way back. That's like, that's in the 70s. 
Um, let's go to another contributor before we go on to some of the <laughs> fun facts and our own personal tastes here. Uh, let's go to Grant Donaldson of Money Jitchell. Grant was here recently. I've seen Grant in action in karaoke. It's a, it's a sight to behold. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's hear what he's got to say. Uh, for me, uh, I love karaoke that is done in front of a room full of people you don't know and maybe like two or three of your pals. That is the best scenario for karaoke, in my opinion. And song choice can have a big thing on it as well, like kind of picking a song or like going for a vibe that hasn't been done since you've got into the room and things like that. Real like change of pace and energy is kind of seeing the re- the shock reaction depending on what uh, the performance involves. But uh, my go-to song is always uh, "Boys Are Back in Town" by Thin Lizzy. The first time I did that in a room full of strangers was in Primavera, uh, Barcelona, twenty seventeen. And someone the day after was like, you should be a frontman. And so the seed was planted. And now, now I'm a singer in a band. So uh, it, it can transcend art and, you know, send you on a weird path. And uh, all of them just having one beer too many and being like, yeah, I'll do that. So uh, but, uh, very big pro karaoke guy. Yeah. And so... Uh Grant was so inspired by his karaoke performance that he now sings in a karaoke band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Grant. Good work. Nice way of alienating people there, Chris. <laughs> um, let's run through some fun karaoke facts. How about okay. that? Yeah, fun, let's do that. Fun and actually some are not so fun. Um, they, Can I start us off? Yeah, please. Uh, Billy Jean is the most popular karaoke song in the world. Apparently, although I think there's some Dubai about that. I've got a couple of lists that we'll go to. Yeah, uh, there's definitely more. There's definitely popular songs, but I can see that being one of the ones people because yeah, people people think it's easy to sing, and I guess it is if you pitch it right. Um, it's not. It's nowhere near the hardest Michael Jackson song to sing. Exactly. By exactly. Far. Like, I think that's that's the thing. It's actually quite singable, and a few mm-hmm. of the ones that make the lists, you're like, why is that on there? And you're like, oh, because it's actually quite doable, mm-hmm. uh, and that probably plays a big part. Here's one. Uh, the first, as far as I can find out, the first US TV depiction of karaoke uh, is a karaoke bar in Honolulu called Sing Sing that was in an episode of the Magnum PI entitled The Man from Marseille. Uh, I don't know why The Man from Marseille was singing karaoke, a Japanese form of entertainment in a Hawaiian bar, but there you go. First broadcast uh, in March 14th, 1985. That's the earliest version of karaoke in American TV I could find. Uh, I'm sure you have this one. Uh, the world record for the longest karaoke marathon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leonardo Paul Varelli, uh, world record holder, 101 hours, 59 minutes and 15 seconds. By the way, I felt kind of bad for him that it was 59 minutes and 15 seconds. He could have got another 45 seconds out there. Yeah. But see, when you think about it, that is more than four fucking days without stopping. Yeah, his voice must have, how did he, his voice must have been in tatters, man. <laughs> <laughs> Four fucking days. And also drinking and eating in the breaks and songs. So that you're basically, <laughs> he, he sang, apparently sang 1,295 songs for that record, right? So some of those songs, you're really hoping it's got one of those long kind of middle solos or mm-hmm. like Bat Out of Hell when it's got that bit with the motorbike and all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just Three like guitars, yeah. ramming calories into your body. <laughs> <laughs> carbs, carbs, carbs. Um, so, uh, yeah, you mentioned, uh, and we all acknowledge that Asia is absolutely the biggest place in the world for karaoke. But funnily enough, there's a karaoke world championship every year that began in Finland, which, mm-hmm. as we said, was the number one place outside of Asia. Uh, but that moves around different countries each year. Going back to Asia, it's not just Japan, it's not just South Korea and China, it's also the Philippines. Uh, now, we did mention that the patent for a karaoke machine was owned by a Filipino man 19, from 1975. Um, the Philippines has a colourful history with karaoke. So, instrumental music, which was called Minus One in the Philippines, which is very odd translation, was on tape and available during the late 60s. And particularly with the dominance of like, things like the Beatles, people used to get that and then try and do their own versions. So you would have singing contests, uh, I think they were called barangay festivals and fiestas, which would attract contestants who would bring these tapes with them and perform their own renditions. And karaoke became a pretty big thing down there, hence why the guy with the patent is from there. However, they took it pretty seriously because 
because violent reactions to karaoke uh, singing have made headlines in that kind of area of the world in Malaysia, Thailand and the Philippines with reports of killings by listeners disturbed by the singing and in, <laughs> in the Philippines at least half a dozen murders and it's actually estimated to be more than this of people singing guess what song? My Way by oh. Frank Sinatra and that's going to come up later on but that's, <laughs> that song is just sheer folly unless you're a fucking amazing singer you're, you're not that's not well this is it right so th- this caused the newspapers there to label these the My Way killings right <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and some bars refuse now to allow people to do the song and some singers will refrain from doing it around people they don't know. So the My Way killings in response to that song, and there are all kinds of theories about why it actually happened, whether it was just a sort of coincidence or whether it's because it's particularly obnoxious if you do it badly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a really belt it out kind of song. Um, but yeah, there you go, the My Way killings At least six, and I think I saw a report I think it was nine that they reckoned it actually was um, Elsewhere in Asia Asian karaoke establishments are often fronts For what are called gentlemen's clubs Where men pay for female hosts to drink, sing and dance with them uh, In Japan, I think they know that as a piano bar I think that's how they refer to it And talking about calories earlier on In Japan, some karaoke machines tell you how many calories you are burning Amazing <laughs> <laughs> that guy, oh my god, that guy, the longest karaoke ever. How much? How much? Oh, okay, oh, yeah. he wow. Um, <laughs> probably, he probably was a deficit for the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> the karaoke terms from Japan, some special terms. Uh, karaoke jockey or a KJ, that's someone who manages the music for the venue. That's the person who's up there kind of comparing the whole event. Kara movie or movie okay? You heard of this? Yeah. So that's karaoke using scenes from movies. And it's basically. Instead of music, amateur actors replace their favourite <laughs> dialogue in films, and it's usually like there's like software and stuff like that involved. But it started in 2003 and has become quite a big thing. Um, and here's one that I can't pronounce, but I'll try. Juhachiban. Uh, uh, many karaoke singers have one song which they're especially good at, and which they use to show off their abilities. And in Japan, that's called Juhachiban. The reference is to do with Kabuki and the best plays in Kabuki. Mm. But there you go. That's cool. Your yeah, best cool. play is your Juhachi Ban. Mm. Probably isn't pronounced like that, but I've said yeah. it. And I have one of those, and we're going to get to that very, very shortly because we're going to take a look at the most popular karaoke songs. See, before we do that, can I chuck in some things here as well? Please do. About the psychological thing. Uh, I saw, I mean, those facts are really great, but do you want to talk about some actual science? Like some actual science? Yeah, well, like, let's, because we were just talking about Japan there. It's a really interesting cultural phenomenon in Japan, especially because Japan, there's so many things we can go into here about male culture in Japan, post-war, all that post-imperial culture in Japan. There's a freelance journalist from uh, Japan called Kaori Shoji who has written, uh, the Japanese are inherently shy and bad at spontaneous communication. Karaoke gives people a chance to get to know each other without the ritualistic formalities brought on by sit-down dinners and parties. Yeah, and it's totally. mm-hmm. quite a big facilitator in that culture that's quite, you know, uptight. In some mm-hmm. ways, I think I think I think a lot of Japanese people would probably agree with that with that with that sentiment of it being a, bl- a little bit uptight, you know. But aye, there's been a whole wealth of like studies, psychological studies done on karaoke over the years. Um, there's been many of demonstrated that engaging in karaoke can significantly enhance your moods and your self-esteem and basically combat stress, which 
anybody knows if you belt out your, one of your favourite tunes it's just going to release so many endorphins and if somebody says you did it well then it makes you feel good and I suppose you and I and any, anybody else as a performer can attest to that you know when you play a gig the endorphin rush is ginormous right it's maybe not quite as high for karaoke but if you're not if that's something you do regularly then you can see why that's definitely addictive and, and cultures where any kind of well if you get it wrong in a Japanese culture it can be you know can be, you can be looked down upon for that so mm. Being in a situation where the the social norms are a lot looser, it can only be good in those kind of cultures. But in our kind of cultures, we can all get pushed and do it together. And, and then, you know, that leads to the next thing, which is the, this whole idea of, like, the social bonding, right? Uh, earlier on, Vicky talked about how she needs to have, like, a little bit of lubricant in order to do it. Obviously, she needs drink, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's also a social lubricant, right? And, and a good example of that was obviously your, for your birthday party there, Chris, but there have been studies done that it fosters a sense of belonging and strengthens existing social bonds as well. We can connect over our passion for music in a way which this podcast has been really good for us to kind of help solidify our passion for music and share that bond with lots of other people. But... You've all got friends who don't like the same thing as who don't like the same kinds of music that we like. If we've all got disparate taste in music and we get together on karaoke, though, straight away there's a connection there over yeah. music which you, you just don't get anywhere else, you know. And I think that's brilliant. And I guess two other things which are probably really interesting. That the first one is it's actually really good for developing people's self confidence. You can mm-hmm. overcome performance anxiety and actually your communication skills just by doing karaoke. I think anything which makes you step out of your comfort zone and embrace who you are a little bit is is good. But yeah, you know, what that is. It's funny actually because I know people who have actually have a good friend just now who's forcing herself to do improv mm-hmm. because by doing improv it does really build a sort of confidence. It relaxes you in terms of public speaking. You get more in touch with being reactive, being in the moment, and there's there's. Karaoke plays some parts in that as well. As you say, like playing in a band is a great way to get more confident at speaking in general. You deal better with conflict. You, you stay calm. It's it does it definitely develops certain skills. Applicable I'm skills. A I don't want to go, to go down a careerist route here about like what I do, but um, I'm a big believer, but especially when it comes to my profession of, of doing things that push me out of my comfort zone a little bit, you know, because I think growth lies in, uncomf- lies in places where you're uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I feel like I, by saying that, it sounds as though I've swallowed a management book, but I think, I think it's fundamentally true, you know, <laughs> um, and that doesn't You're you bringing out the, the next 12 steps book. <laughs> exactly. I, not just from a career perspective, though, but in social situations as well. And then the last one, which I think is really interesting and totally makes sense. Once I verbalise it, you'll be like, oh, that actually makes a whole lot of sense. But there's a lot of research to suggest that karaoke can significantly improve cognitive function and enhance your memory, which makes sense. Just memorising lyrics, coordinating your music, performing in front of people. Mm-hmm. You know, these so many cognitive processes are happening when you do all of those things, you know. I'd imagine uh, it's kind of in the same way as playing video games does as well, though. Because, yeah, I mean, um, people talk about the, the detrimental effects of that, but, uh, you know, hand-to-eye coordination, reaction time, all those kind of things develop up with video games decision making all yeah. that you know it's, that's one of the things I enjoy about playing video games is the split second decision making sometimes for better and worse and some of the best games I've played over the last few years are ones which will punish you for making a bad decision which means you do need to be a lot you know, a lot more focused and switch on to do it. karaoke if you make a bad decision it's the room that gets punished it's the room that gets punished yeah <laughs> uh, okay we've got a couple more contributors to get through so let's uh, let's drop in uh, Siobhan Wilson here who I think had a pretty interesting take on what makes good karaoke I think what makes good karaoke is Glasgow I've always had a good time doing karaoke in Glasgow because uh, everyone can sing and do music everyone likes music everyone's nice in Glasgow I think that karaoke is good for everyone it's a nice social activity to participate in as a group and it brings out the best in people because it's a really supportive and loving environment where the audience is unusually um, encouraging. And my memories of karaoke are limited because I'm normally wasted when I do it. But my go-to song is Out of This World by The Little Mermaid. But my favourite song, my favourite kind of karaoke that other people do is when someone really quiet who doesn't normally speak a lot or is like the shy one in the group suddenly rips apart the stage and does like a massive anthem and also has a swagger. So people are really nice in Glasgow, Mark. 
And don't people you make Glasgow, it? mate? People make Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> Glasgow smiles better. I mean, mm-hmm. Glasgow, as you said, Scotland in general is known for being pro karaoke. So there's maybe some truth to that. It's quite an outgoing culture, isn't it? It's it's quite gallus, and you have to be quite gallus to do karaoke. Uh, yeah. That whole thing about being up front and a little bit ostentatious and a little bit precocious and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it does make sense. And in Glasgow is a very, very, very musical city. So I know what Siobhan means when she says that maybe the, maybe the average is a little bit higher. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a hell of a lot of musicians in Glasgow for such a small place. Um, yeah, uh, don't want to disagree. Uh, but I can't, I can't disagree. Wow, that choice, that little mermaid choice. Fucking hell. Yeah, I'd like to hear that, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, maybe she'll release it. Maybe she'll release it in good. some weird, uh, obsolete Scandinavian Viking language as well. <laughs> that, that would be ideal. That would be ideal. Um, okay, let's. Uh, you talked earlier on about Billie Jean. Let's have a wee look at a couple of lists I found about the most popular karaoke songs. I think Billie Jean sounds like a reasonable candidate for that, but there are some others who disagree. And one uh-huh. of them, albeit it's based in the USA, is Billboard, who released a top 100. Have you seen that? I've seen parts of it, yeah. Uh-huh. You remember what was number one? Was it Bohemian Rhapsody? No. I'm looking at a different list then. That was the fourth one. So, number one, and I think this ties into the slightly gendered nature of karaoke in mm-hmm. the West. Karaoke does seem to be quite gendered in the West uh, in favour of women. And the number one track is Man, I Feel Like a Woman. By oh, yeah, Queen. that's totally an American thing, 100% an American thing. There's no way that would fly so much. That would not, I mean, I can hear it, I can hear it being done probably right now somewhere in Glasgow. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure, like a minute ago, there was a guy passing my house singing, and I don't know if that's just a coincidence or maybe he's some sort of live feed going on here. <laughs> was it you? <laughs> um, the second one on that billboard list kind of confused me, and then it appeared on another list as well, and it's the Backstreet Boys with I Want It That Way. Yeah, I can I can fuck with that. Yeah, uh huh. You can fuck with that, but can the fuck thing with is, that, yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's probably there because it's singable. It's not a hard yeah, song uh-huh. to sing, but I don't think it's it even close to being like anthemic to the extent of God, hundreds and hundreds of other songs. Um, it, it, I mean, it's quite high in places for 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 the average male singer. I mean, why why it's at number two? I don't understand when you. I mean, Again, America. Number three is Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. Now that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, it's a stick on, isn't it? Yeah, you got Queen with Bohemian Rhapsody, number four. One that kept appearing in lists, and I uh, apologise, I'm ignorant, I never saw the movie, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper doing Shallow. Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well. I haven't actually heard the song. I mean, but I've heard that it's been quite popular in karaoke. It was a thing on TikTok and that as well. Um, now, here's a fucking ripper and one that I can totally get behind. Number nine on Billboard's list, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. That's 
to sing, man. That is a throat <laughs> shredder. That's yeah. one of those ones where you need to pitch it down, but oh, it's so much fun. Sorry, they, it, sorry they're quite low as well. <laughs> it's also a lot of fun if people in the room join in on the backing vocals, and that's kind of what you want, right? You know, yeah. when there's a backing vocal and people just know it and they, they get in on the action. Um, Elton John and Kiki D, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone, I've heard both of them at karaoke before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Wanna Have Fun Heard that many times at karaoke uh, One that actually a couple of people In the run up to the show when I mentioned it Said to me, uh, All Coming Back to Me By Celine Dion Uh, the meatloaf version is better, but yes. <laughs> I can imagine Craig singing that one. Uh, yeah. Aretha Franklin, respect. Uh, Xu Ying, there you go. Uh, here's one that I've fucking tried. And this is one of the ones I mean when we underestimate the difference. It's like it's like when you underestimate the difference between a professional athlete and just a decent football player that you happen mm. to know, right? Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, I mean... <laughs> No, I get it, man. Like, but I, I would never in a fucking million years ever attempt that song, right? Because I know the limitations of my own voice and the human voice in general, <laughs> the human male voice in general. A lot of women could smash that song that are good singers. Um, but for a lot of guys, it's, yeah, a lot of that 80s stuff, man, you're fucked. It's there's frightening. A, there's a, there's a reason why those guys can't sing anymore. There's a reason why those guys can't sing anymore. But it's know? also, yeah, that's true, that's true. Bon Jovi is really in trouble these days, but... Um, <laughs> It's already difficult, and then it key changes. Yeah, the key change is a fucking killer, man. I could probably, I could probably fumble my way through it until the key change, but then I'm out of the game, man. Like, uh, a couple others. Uh, Dave will be pleased. Carly Rae Jepsen's "Call Me Maybe" is 18 in Billboard's Top 100 in the USA. Here's one that I absolutely. It seems obvious. Four non blondes. What's up? Um, and then you get B-52's Love Shack and then way further down that list number 54 was Chop Suey by System of a Down which I think was like around about the highest place in sort of heavy heavy track and I'm amazed that this is so far back but number 87 a personal favourite of mine Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen See Dancing in the Dark is probably it almost made my three songs but it's one of those songs that will get everybody in the room dancing uh, exactly like you and said, you can you dance know? to it as well because it's mm, got yeah. that move yeah mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so a couple of companies that do karaoke like karaoke apps or karaoke providers they're in a really good place to sort of provide you with good data on it as well so I looked at uh, Sing to the World which is 20 years of data so basically from 2003 onwards now the first one in this has an incredible recent bias uh, George Ezra's Shotgun is their number one track on their, their for their company. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like someone. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feeling like someone. I don't know. I, I know the song. I've never tried to sing it, but that would be a piece of, yeah, a piece of piss to sing that. Yeah. Anybody, anybody can sing that. Anybody can sing that song. Yeah, uh, the second one, and you'll be pleased to hear this, was "Sweet Caroline" by Neil Diamond. Oh, that's that's going to come up later on. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. n- number three on their <laughs> list, you got a reappearance of Shallow by Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, which surprised mm-hmm. me again. Then there were a whole bunch of appearances for tracks from The Greatest Showman, you know, that um, Hugh Jackman yeah. vehicle, mm-hmm. which I never saw that either, but it seems like certainly in some audiences it took in a you big can, way. You can go away and find this and shove this in here, but there's a, uh, a, new, a newfound glory version of one of the songs from that film, which is fucking brilliant. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You'll hate it, but I fucking love it. <laughs> when the sharpest words when I am bruised, I am bruised, 
<laughs> you got some Ed Sheeran with Perfect. You got some Lewis Capaldi with Someone to Love, which makes sense. You've got Robbie Williams' Angels. Then at number 11, clearly less murder going on, uh, Frank Sinatra's My Way. Yeah, don't do it, guys. <laughs> Just don't do it. <laughs> and then some Elton John, your song. And I was surprised at number 16, given the ones that went before it, Snow Patrol's Chasing Cars. If I lay here, if I just lay here, would you lie with me and just forget the world? Is, is Mr. Brightside on that list? No, nope, it's not that's, on that list. That's a, that's a stick on man. That's a like, high placer in a lot of lists. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. I know. Um, also, an interesting thing that sank to the world company. At number 17, uh, Elvis Presley. Number 18, Elvis Presley. 22, 26, 38, 40, 61, 80, 97. You had The Wonder of You, then Suspicious Minds, Always On My Mind, which I fucking love. Can't Help Falling In Love With You, In The Ghetto, Love Me Tender, An American Trilogy, a track called I Just Can't Help Believing, which I have never even fucking heard. I just can't help believing When she's whispering her magic and her tears are shining on this sweet love. <laughs> and Return to Sender, um, all in the top 100. Uh, and then Singer, which is a karaoke app, um, and again, therefore, quite well placed to get you data from across the, the service. Number one, Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Yeah, yeah I mean, there it is. It's uh, not a hard song to sing, but it's so much fun. It's another one that would get this. They would get the room singing along with you. I think. You yeah, know? I mean, it's a big indie disco one as well. I mean, it's, it's really lasted, man. You still hear it at indie discos as well. Um, it's two and that dancing queen by ABBA, which seems really obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, one of the most annoying songs is definitely an ABBA song. It's not dancing queen, but <laughs> one that is very much true when you when you see it written that Valerie. By Mark Ronson, Amy Winehouse. That's a mm-hmm. big one at karaoke. Bohemian Rhapsody came in. Sweet Caroline again came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one called American Boy by Estelle. You know that song? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I do know. Is that, it We yeah. Can You, I think? Then you'll Backstreet Boys with I Want It That Way again. Number eight, another one close to my heart, Wonderwall by Oasis. <laughs> uh, number nine, Teenage Dirtbag by Wheatus, one that uh, we've heard in karaoke recently. Yeah, definitely. My birthday. <laughs> yeah. There's a high school musical track called Breaking Free. Uh, you got Shania Twain at 11 on their list. You got Wannabe by Spice Girls, which is a good one for a room. Full yeah, of words, frankly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a good room for uh, for a room for anybody, man. Get into it, come on. Yeah, no, but I just mean the the kind of gender nature of karaoke over here. A lot of these are like big girl anthems. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, you got Angels by Robbie Williams. That's not a big girl anthem. You got Love Story by Taylor Swift, which is even though it's fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shallow by Lady Gaga again. That made all three lists. No Scrubs, which is a good one to be fair. That's a good, TLC. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. This is a belter and I think should have been on more of the lists. 95 by Dolly Parton. They let you dream just to watch him shatter. You're just a step on the boss man's ladder. But you got dreams he'll never take away. In the same boat with a lot of your friends. Waiting for the day your ship will come in. I was surprised that Jolene wasn't on more of them as well. Um, I think most people want to go for the the upbeat, you know, 95 is, is that song. Jolene's quite maudlin, I think. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, 18, Cardi B's WAP. Okay. Don't I, gla- if, I don't know if I want to see that in Glasgow, to be honest, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine that outside Cosmopol with the backside pointing to watch you. Imagine that in Toby Jug. <laughs> six miserable guys and a dog at the bar. Um 19 Bon Jovi living on a prayer again you guys have got a death wish and then number 20 an absolute fucking belter Whitney Houston I want to dance with somebody I want to dance with somebody 
That's only like yeah. Casey Kasem here, don't I? Yeah. Hard, that's also a hard, that's a deceptively hard song to sing as well. Yeah. Her, yeah. Her voice. Mean, she hangs, she has a whistle, she has a whistle register on that song, I think. She's She's got a lot of good songs. Yeah. She does have a lot of good karaoke songs. Uh, and yeah, so those lists, a couple of surprises in there. I, I was I was taken aback by a few. I'd, I'd have been interested to see like a Japanese list. I would have loved to have known like what an Asian list was, especially an Asian list of Western songs, but I couldn't, mm. I couldn't get it to, I couldn't find it. So we've got one more message to hear. Uh, this is from Rebecca Yurevna, connoisseur of karaoke. karaoke mm. sir. Or just connoisseur with a K, I guess. Mm. Hey, yeah. This is Bex coming to you live from New York, New York. And I was asked to tell what makes good karaoke. Well, some might say it's the tune. But to me, as an audio engineer and a synthesist, uh, to me, really good karaoke depends on the dynamics and the quality of the levels of the microphone versus the backing audio. So I really value karaoke places that have quality sound for the singer, if the singer happens to be good. <laughs> um, my friend Stefania and I have done karaoke in many cities around the world, including Paris, London, Berlin, New York, Austin, Texas for South by Southwest. But most recently, we did karaoke with Mr. Chris Cusack. And it is there that I learned my new go-to karaoke song. I used to have like uh, secret weapon karaoke songs by Peggy Lee, you know, to kind of jazz it up and make it sultry. Uh, Why don't you do right or fever? But it was on this particular karaoke quest that I learned my new go-to karaoke song is Time After Time by Cyndi Lauper. (laughs) Yeah, so Guilty is charged uh, basically by... Sheer coincidence, I was in London recently and it turned out Rebecca had flown in as well. She'd met her friend for some karaoke near White Hart Lane, I think. And so I jumped on um, the tube and invited myself a gate crash to a fucking karaoke party. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, what was overheard in the other rooms during that karaoke session really heavily informed my list of most hated songs <laughs> because that was some of the worst overheard karaoke I've ever fucking heard. But our room was properly spectacular. Rebecca is a fucking absolute karaoke legend. She she really gives it big licks. But yeah, uh, Cindy Loper made a fine appearance a number of times that night, actually. I think I did When You Were Mine as well. Mm. Um, the wrong version then. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah. That was a that was a class night, and then I fucked off back into the night, having disgraced myself <laughs> <laughs> with uh, the three songs that I'm about to list as my favourites. But before we get to those favourites, Mark, your most yeah. hated karaoke songs, <laughs> Sweet Caroline. <laughs> really, that's your number one most hated song. Yeah, just because it's it's the whole we've spoken we've we've come across we've spoken about this before, but it's the family party vibe, like your your aunt's sixtieth or whatever. Yeah, you know, like it's that, and hearing one of my uncles do that, or my way, which is the second song in my list, or any kind of Mac the Knife. Most Frank Sinatra songs would probably be somewhere in my top three. Because top three most hated or top three loved hated. Hated, um, Yeah, not because I don't like the songs, just because I don't like them. Done badly. Being done, done badly. And Sweet Caroline's just overplayed as fuck, I think. Not just because of karaoke, but also generally. Yeah. Um, I think it's... I just don't think it's a good song, if I'm totally honest, man. Like, I really just really do not like that tune. Uh, it's so repetitive, which is a real turn-off for me. And I don't like... I like music, which is fairly repetitive, but this is a bit too much. It's become a bit <laughs> a football song as well. Like, that, is true. that is true. Oh, oh, Chelsea... It's yeah. really down that lane now. I think it reminds me a wee bit of how you were silver lining as well. But um, mm. yeah, anyway. it's number one for me. But but yeah, easily. most hated. What's number two? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my way by Frank Sinatra, but it's basically any Frank Sinatra song because everybody thinks they can sing Sinatra and nobody can sing Sinatra. <laughs> nobody can sing Sinatra. His voice was 
I mean, he's said deceptively simple songs with a voice which, with a croon which you think you can emulate. Mm. But My Way is a great example. That held no at the end, man. You're, you can't do it. I don't care how many, how many, if you've had even like only half a beer and you've still, you've not smoked any fags in your life and you've got a really good cardiovascular system, if you're not a singer, you're not hitting that note, man. And it's just this nightmare every single time. I understand why Filipinos murder each other over that song, frankly. Jake, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. that's the moment when the Blade plunges in that I last note. So. <laughs> <laughs> it goes from way to ah. <laughs> uh, do you have a, a number three on your most hated? Um, yeah, it's probably Waterloo by ABBA. Again, yeah, okay, a great song, a really great song. But you've just heard it murdered so many times by people that think they can mm-hmm. sing, it, and it's a hard song to sing, man. All these songs, that, 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 these songs seem accessible, and that's the thing of it. Do you know, what I mean, that's the genius of them. I suppose at the end of the day, it's like they, they seem accessible. Warley oh, needs a group singing thing, and I quite like karaoke songs that uh, that necessitate a group of people to sing at the same time. So I'm not all yeah. that against Warley because it does create that. Like, come on, guys, we need four of you to sing. It's like Bucks no, I get that, or something. Yeah. Like, you know? maybe, maybe you could swap out with Mamma Mia, which I think again is another one which falls yeah, in that trap. Yeah, that can fuck off. Um, I think, yeah, it's, these are just songs that, apart from Sweet Caroline, I think the other two songs are good songs. And I, was, I don't know why I still think they're good songs after hearing them done so many times so badly. And like I said, because we, we could go to town after this if we weren't ill and we could probably bump into a, go into a venue where we'll hear that within a half an hour. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you will definitely hear the three that I've written. <laughs> no doubt I whatsoever. Mean, uh, my first it. one would be Sex is on Fire by. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, that's some warbling fucking nonsense of a song, so it is. Man. <laughs> oh man! It's so when I, when I was at karaoke with uh, Rebecca down in London, uh, that was I, I just every time I went out to the toilet, it seemed like one of the rooms was doing that, and mm. it, nobody got. It's not even that it's that fucking high a note, but still it's nobody not, got yeah. it, and it's just such a fucking atrocious. I mean, I don't like it anyway. It's a fucking gommy fucking song anyway, mm-hmm. but when it's done really badly, and just the anthemic thing that it's acquired as well, it's so. Ugh, it's so vapid and mm. it, it always reminds me of that fucking brilliant sort of shreds type video of Kings of Leon doing it in Glasgow where it is an absolute clusterfuck of a performance it's just horrendous you look up shreds Kings of Leon and Sex on Fire Is the funniest four fucking minutes you'll spend uh, this week. Um, so I hate that, yeah. Uh, the next one is just simply because I hate the fucking song and I hate hearing it, whether it's in karaoke or its original version or fucking a ringtone. It's Brown Eyed Girl by Van Morrison. Yeah, that song can fuck all the way off. <laughs> oh man, honestly, can't fucking stand that song. That's number, that would be number four on my list. <laughs> and. My number one most hated song at karaoke, and maybe like close to my number one most hated song in general, is Angels by Robbie Williams. Yeah, that would be number five at my list. <laughs> because it reminds it's me. Modeling it, pish. I've used the word modern twice in this episode. Yeah, you have, how, but it really you know, applies. I was even thinking yeah. about wheeling that out for this one. It, it reminds me of everything that's shite about Britain. It, yeah. it, it reminds me of like couples having their first dance at a really depressing fucking wedding in a social club where it's fucking raining outside and it reminds me of funerals when you're just like oh my god what did you do with your life the angels is your fucking closing track and like it just reminds me of everything that's fucking mediocre and drab and unremarkable about Britain I fucking hate that track I fucking hate it it's awful it's a stone that's in place of your heart. It's an it's it's in place of real feelings. It's like this is the most deep feeling I've ever had. This fucking song by Robbie fucking Williams, who was probably coked at his nut and eating chips. Yeah, you know it's also got that football chant factor as well. Yeah, which is which makes it even more yeah. annoying. You know yeah. that. Uh, it, oh, I can just hear like if that happening. Honestly, man, I fucking hate match, the proletariat. Man. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
if football's not a proletarian game anyway so <laughs> anymore. The player, certainly not the players aye. Yeah. Um, so let's flip it let's get a wee bit positive but mm. before we get to our top three do you have any honourable mentions for um, motorcycle emptiness has made it bizarrely <laughs> <laughs> after doing it that one time yeah Which is totally strange uh, and unexpected. Uh, so I'd have to give that an honourable mention. Still, would need to do a little bit of work and try to get that high note um, in the in the forever bit. But yeah, whatever. Um, that's an honourable mention. Born in the USA is not on my list, but I do think that is probably yeah. worth a shout. Um, I would agree. I, again, we'd get everybody dancing uh, mm. up singing it. You know. Uh, so for me, a couple of things we've kind of skirted past. Uh, always on my mind by Elvis or by Pet Shop Boys both versions mm. are fantastic in fact I do believe that at my birthday karaoke we did both versions <laughs> <laughs> uh, but both are great um, a track that we had an entire unsung about uh, Waiting for a Start to Fall uh, by Boy Meets Girl God damn, it's far too high, so you need to take it down at least a couple of steps. Lay All Your Love and Me by ABBA, which is, and I go back to the ABBA mixtape, the greatest song ever written. I mean, I've never sang it uh, in karaoke, but it is a, it is a class tune. Uh, absolutely sensational. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple, of, like, or a few heavier songs. I like songs that have a, a, a voice to them, right? So you're going to see this pattern emerging, right? So Them Bones by Alice in Chains. surprisingly often found on karaoke systems uh, I've noticed and it's got such a you can do so much Lane Staley in it that it's actually really easy to sing you don't even get that self-conscious because you're not you're, you're trying but you're not trying mm-hmm. you're being kind of funny it's a good song as well but it's just it's also got that baritone harmony going on as well I get so alone <laughs> Uh, another one uh, In Bloom by Nirvana which I think is the most fun yeah. Nirvana one to sing it's, got, mm. it's the most roary and it's kind of the most anthemic when it gets to the chorus you know and people in the room will sing it with you oh, it's not all that easy to get to but it's a fun one to sing and a personal favourite especially when you're lucky enough to get into a karaoke room like the one we used in Glasgow recently where you have all kinds of modulation and effects on the vocals and it had like a pitch shift down and distort function Duality by Slipknot Mm-hmm. I mean anybody that knows it gets into that chorus and even people who aren't huge into heavy music when it gets to the I push my fingers into my eyes mm-hmm. it's it's a fucking banger it's just a really really good moment yeah and everybody there's always at least one person in the room doing uh, the baseball bat and the steel keg or trying always trying to time it Mm -hmm. um yeah so your your three go-to to wrap up this karaoke fest mark what are your three favorite karaoke tunes the ones where you really Uh, give voice to your inner Angels Number three Born to Run By The Boss right, I've named okay. a couple of Bruce ones But that's that's definitely in my range It's just so much fun to sing uh, If I'm feeling a bit wistful Maybe, more, maybe Thunder Road uh, but I find that slightly harder to sing. Um, when I play guitar, I have a cap on two, I think, or three, two, on two. Aye, just to bring it more. There you go, listeners that are trying to copy Mark. Uh, capo yeah. on two or three. Don't know. Uh, number two, I've mentioned it already, but it's under pressure. But I'm boy, and I'm not, I'm not Freddy, because <laughs> there's no way. There is no way.
That is really good. Yeah, it's a really, yeah. really good karaoke song, actually, yeah. Yeah, if you get a good Freddy or even someone that's a really happy approach you with enough gusto, it's a fucking, it brings the house down every single time. Um, and get the Prince alarm out. Oh, here he is. <laughs> it's been so long. It's been so long. You know what it is, right? No, it's I purple don't. rain. Obviously, it's purple oh, rain. Oh, okay, okay. Fucking hell, you're soaking up a lot of karaoke time. See those yeah. people that put on the seven and eight minute fucking songs, and you're like, "Come on, Four somebody things. else wants a shot." <laughs> yeah, but uh, Purple Rain a good would be good for the end of the night. Everybody's singing the ooze at the end, yeah. getting in on it. You know, I think. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm a crowd pleaser at the end of the day. I mean, that, that's exactly what everybody thinks. It's listening to this right now. You're such you a panderer. I'm <laughs> 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 not finished yet. Okay, my three go-to karaoke songs. And there's a there's a consistent theme here, right? And it ties in with the Alison Chains ones at three. In for the kill by LaRue. I'm going in for the kill. I'm doing it for a thrill. I'm hoping you'll understand. And I'll let go of my hand. That's high, mate. It's actually falsetto. This is where we're getting onto my, my theme, right? So there's a voice there. And I fucking love doing a voice in karaoke. It's so very well trying to sing like genuinely very well, you know. What I mean, like Rebecca or Shuyin talking about trying to work on her soul stuff. I get that, and that's a lot of fun as well if you're doing that. But for me, I I, I wasn't into karaoke till a certain age, and I got into karaoke when I realised that I wanted to use it to have fun with the voice, not to try and be good, and also not to just be shite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little bit too much fucking pride and low self esteem to just be shite in front of a room of people. So I was like, I want to do it with voices. Um, and so LaRue, he can be a desire. That whole thing, that's fine for me. I love that. It's good fun and it's just a great tune. On a similar theme, but the opposite end of the scale, Mm-mm-mm-mm by Crash Test Dummies. Parents made him come directly home right after school in the wind. They went to their church. Yeah, because one I can get hard song to sing. Hard song I, to I sing, can man. get to that range, and it's a lot of fun to do that drawl that he has. You know, mm-hmm. the the closed vowel thing that he does, mm-hmm. the kind of grungy thing, and especially if you've got the mic really in close, you got all the bass in your voice. Yeah, that's a lot of fun to sing that one. Plus, I think a lot of people actually know the lyrics to that without even looking at the screen. They'd be amazed mm-hmm. how many people really do just know that song. And my number one go-to song, the song that I smashed at the park on my birthday and pretty much every other time I've done karaoke is Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. Of course you did. (laughs) You saw it unfold. I mean, I'm not going to pretend. It probably sounds like absolute shit, but it's so much <laughs> fun to do that falsetto and just have a fucking whale of a time being ridiculous. And also, everybody loves a song and everybody fancies a shot at singing the song. I remember doing it at a party once, um, my friend Audrey's um, birthday party, and it was in the, it was one of those karaoke things where it's in a big open hall, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'll just do it." And then there was just loads of people in the room that kind of started doing the dance because there's in the video for it. You mm. know, there's like a thing each year where like hundreds of people get yeah. together in a red yeah. dress and dance to that song. Well, yeah, I know. 
Yeah, so a whole bunch of people in the, in the room started doing it and somebody made a wee video of it and it, it got shared around quite a lot. Not because my vocals were good, they were not good, <laughs> but it was just the sheer spectacle of how spontaneous this was and that, that was what was so fun about it it was like it's a song that loads of people fucking love I don't think anybody really expects you to do it particularly well but they also really appreciate that you're not taking yourself too seriously and that you're having a, a real fist of it and trying to like give it a go and it just gets everybody like quite into the moment mm. I fucking love that song it's a really good I would say icebreaker I wouldn't do it too early in the night <laughs> you know it peak too soon but um, yeah. it's just a lot of fun that, that gets people on side and yeah, fan fucking tastic tune as well. Another so, mention for me is probably I've never actually done it, but I would like to do it because I think it would be fun. But the reason I've not done it is because it's too fucking long, and obviously it's by the hell. Everybody was just fucking going nuts for it, um, and it's pretty much in my range, part for the heroic part, which sometimes is a bit too much even for me. And it's uh, got that nice long middle section for you to ram in loads of carbs. Yeah, <laughs> which is why I've never done it because that would be so fucking boring. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so boring We can make that happen Mark We can make Bat Out of Hell happen At a karaoke You, you know it can not. be done And Let's from the not. sounds of it We've got loads of contributors Who'd be happy to join us So As long as they take up the slack It's fine If someone <laughs> makes guitar noises With their mouth It'd be fucking brilliant <laughs> That's what I'm there for uh, Alright And thus ends Our foray into the world Of karaoke I really hope People with fun karaoke stories Will somehow Contribute uh, Posting Messaging private messaging, get yourself in the evening news, whatever it takes. Uh, we'd love to hear about those. Uh, hope that yes. was entertaining. And next week is Christmas. Yeah, next week is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't somehow know. It's all happen somehow it'll yeah, happen somehow. Yeah. It'll happen somehow. Let's, let's see. Let's see. How are you feeling? You got a temperature uh, yet? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, well, I mean, if at least if it fucks your throat, we can go in and do some Tom Waits carry, okay, right? That's true, that's true. <laughs> Big in Japan, you'll be perfect for that this time next week. <laughs> what is he building? Thanks for listening to the show. Good night. 